Every communicator on earth knows the value of the phrase, no comment. When we do media training, we coach everyone that the value of no comment is pretty much nil. And so is trying to have a conversation off the record. You can always assume that what you say will end up being reported no matter what was agreed to during the conversation. When we were kids, my dad always told us we should never, ever put into writing anything we didn't want to see on the front page of the newspaper. That's the same philosophy I take to media relations. Everything you say or write can and will end up in print. That's why I'm always surprised when a communicator is upset that something they gave on background is attributed to them. As we, or as we discussed a few weeks ago, when a reporter wouldn't run a story if the communicator wouldn't approve of being named as a spokesperson. It's a tricky balance we all try to keep. In some cases, there's information we should be able to give on background if only to provide extra context, but it probably doesn't add value to the story, so it shouldn't need to be printed, let alone attributed. I also understand that journalists have to be able to name their sources, both in the name of ethics and in reporting on the news without bias. And that, my friends, is what we're going to discuss on this week's episode of the Spin Sucks podcast. If you're a communications pro who works hard, doesn't compromise quality, and gets the job done, welcome home. We'll share our tips, tricks, and stories, and together we will change the face of PR. Spin sucks, but we don't. With the Spin Sucks podcast, here's Jenny Dietrich. Welcome back to the Spin Sucks podcast. I'm Jenny Dietrich. So there's a difference between providing information on background, such as a private company's finances or the number of employees that shouldn't be publicly disclosed, but can provide context and credibility for a reporter working on a story. And then there is what sounds like is happening in Silicon Valley, launching a new product, but not allowing leadership team to be quoted during the public news conference. Okay. Or full out lying by trying to claim the information was given on background when in fact it was not true. I can understand tech publications being fed up with our industry. I'm disgusted and I've read only 15 or 20 examples. I don't do this every day. This is why you can't really blame The Verge for their recent policy update on gaining background information from communicators. The too long didn't read version is they're no longer going to allow it. If you talk to someone on their team, send them an email or text them, you can assume that whatever you say will be attributed to you. Here's what they have to say. Today, The Verge is updating our public ethics policy to be clearer in our interactions with public relations and corporate communications professionals. We're doing this because big tech companies in particular have hired a dizzying array of communications staff who routinely push the boundaries of acceptable resourcing in an effort to deflect accountability, pass the burden of truth off to the media, and generally control the narratives around the companies they work for while being annoying as hell to work with. (laughs) We probably could have done without the snarky being annoying as hell to deal with comment, but the rest of it, it makes sense. They go on to say, the main way this happens is that big companies take advantage of a particular agreement in the media called background. Being on background means that they tell things to reporters, but those reporters agree to not specifically attribute that information to a person by name. There have been plenty of times my team and I have offered information to reporters on background. Oftentimes, when a private company has raised money, you might tell the reporter how much revenue the company made in the previous quarter or year. This isn't information you'd want publicly disclosed, and you certainly wouldn't want it attributed to the CEO. But if it was included, it could be without attribution. 
is a fact, so it doesn't have to be sourced. But the main reason you'd provide that information is to give them context to the amount of money raised. In just a minute, I'll be back to talk you through the rest of the decision by The Verge, what it means for you, and what you can do about it. I'll be right back. There are two things I want you to know about. The first is the Fundamentals of Media Measurement course that we just launched with Muckrack, and the second is the PESO Model Certification. Both will help you evolve your career this year as you learn how to measure your work using the PESO model to get you there. The Fundamentals of Media Measurement course can teach you how to measure your earned media efforts, create a successful measurement strategy, and report on your success. It will take you about two hours, but it has quick bite-sized lessons you can take when convenient. It has actionable tips, step-by-step approaches, and examples from Jonna Burke, Christopher Penn, and me. Go to mrac.co slash spinsucks to learn more, get registered, and start your measurement journey today. That's mrac.co slash spinsucks. Please be sure to use that link because I get a gold star every time someone registers, and I love gold stars. And for those of you who need to evolve your career, learn how to integrate the work you do with marketing and amp up your measurement efforts, the PESO model certification is for you. Step up your game with an academically accredited PESO model certification from Spin Sucks and the SI Newhouse School of Public Communications at Syracuse University. Learn more about that by going to spinsucks.com academy, or you can go to spinsucks.com and click on academy in the navigation. And now, back to the show. Had to turn my sound off there because uh, Slack was popping up, so apologize for that. (laughs) The rest of the reasoning that The Verge gives for changing their policy on having conversations with communicators on background is understandable. They say, oftentimes companies will make things significantly worse and also insist that background information be paraphrased, further obscuring both specific details and the source of those deals. There are many reasons a reporter might agree to learn information on background, but being on a background is supposed to be an agreement. And it sounds like in their experience, many communicators violate that agreement, which violates trust. Here's the rest of their statement. The clear pattern is that tech companies have uniformly adopted a strategy of concealing information behind background. It's also easy to see why companies like to abuse background. They can provide their point of view to the media without being accountable for it. Instead, journalists have to act like they magically know things, and readers have to guess who is trustworthy and who is not. This kind of behavior and reporting, they're not innocent in all of this, is what leads to the mistrust of media. So they've decided two things. Number one, anyone speaking to The Verge will be on record. And number two, They will still honor some requests to be on background, but it will be at their discretion and only for specific reasons that they can articulate to readers. I don't believe this changes much of anything for most of us. If you're a member of PRSA, you've committed to a code of ethics. And as part of that, you have agreed to conduct yourself in the utmost professional manner. This means treating your journalist relationships as sacred, as far as I'm concerned. But I also understand there are many business leaders who insist you handle those relationships in a certain way, and you are completely fine with pushing them to the brink, even if you don't believe you should. I spend a lot of time talking with business leaders about leading with values. And as part of that, I've decided that 2020 year for me is the year of no toxicity. That means the clients who abuse us are going to be fired. 
the clients we don't agree with and don't have the same values, we'll be looking for a new digital communications firm next year. And though we don't have a client right now who wants us to push our reporter relationships to the brink, it's become one of the red flag questions we ask in new business meetings. If they don't agree that everything is on the record with or without an agreement, they're not a fit for us. The great resignation is here, which means if you don't like the way you're being asked to do your job, go find another company or client who respects your process and has your values. This is an employee's market. Do it now. Make 2022 the year of no toxicity. For the rest of you, stand your ground. If you're asked to provide information on background, explain why that's not good for anyone and that The Verge has created a new way of doing things for everyone. I'm positive all of the other tech publications and then the business publications will follow suit. Nothing is ever off the record. Background information will and should be attributed to a source. If you are talking to a journalist in your official company capacity, you should be quoted. This is a new world, one where we need to be able to trust the media again, and it's up to us to support that mission. If you need help working through how to tell your boss you can't obscure the facts or provide information on background, join us in the Spin Sucks community. You can find us at spinsucks.com slash spin hyphen sucks hyphen community. That's spinsucks.com slash spin hyphen sucks hyphen community. It's free. It's fun. It's challenging. It's educational and we'll help you stand your ground. And remember, nothing is ever off the record, background or not. I'll see you next week. If you're ready to change the face of PR, make sure you subscribe to the Spin Sucks podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating and a review. 